Good afternoon, good day, good evening. This is the JMJ Missions Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Daniel Palmieri, along with my co-host, tri-founder, Anthony McCullough, and Danielle Avila. Danielle with an E, because I said Danielle so many times last time she was on. She is back with us for her great input as a young woman in the Catholic faith who is uh, knowledgeable and devout. We're so happy to have her. But before that, to get in touch with us, we have social media. We have a website, jmjmissions.com. We're on all kinds of social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. And if you want to donate to us, you can do that via Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Just search JMJ Missions. We are right there. We could always use your spiritual and financial support. Uh, we have a great topic today, a topic about a little-known blessed. He's one step away from being a saint. But before we get into him and his incredible story, which you're, we really think you're going to love, uh, Anthony, what do you got regarding the small talk well, before, uh, vibe? Yeah, before I get into small talk, I just want to say we're also joined today behind the scenes by Woo. Rocco, of course, and then also our good friend Matt. They have volunteered their time to film this podcast, so you can catch this on YouTube, too. How about that? I when, didn't even think about that. What we year are, was that? Cash me outside. How about that? When that was that? It was probably like 2016 or 17. Yeah. You're showing of, your age. Yeah, a lot of it, things happen in 2016. It's coming back right now. Is it really? There's, yeah, there's yeah. like it's it's an Instagram real audio that's going oh. around. Okay, so. maybe we should do that. So you can you're quote trending, unquote, Anthony. You're trending. Nice. Cash us on inside <laughs> on YouTube. Yep, <laughs> I like it. Uh, okay. All right. So well, this, we're gonna move on. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> go ahead, so the small talk today, it's a little bit of a would you rather. All right, here's the situation. You can either take $1 million right now, or you can flip a coin, and if you call it correctly, you get $1 billion. So what do you do? Do you take the million and walk away, or do you flip the coin for a billion? Am I answering first? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm taking the million. That's a lot of money. Uh, so gonna... is a billion. Yeah, but if I get nothing, you know how much I'm going to be kicking myself over yeah, and over and over again the, the rest if... of my life? Yeah, no, no, but you could get no, no. a billion. Now no, listen. Listen, I am not going to be the one to walk the rest of my life regretting that I could have had a million dollars and I just So you wouldn't it. regret that having the million, you could have had like 999,000 more million. More no, dollars. I would a little. I'd be like, wow, that'd be awesome. But I'm going to say to myself, thank God I took the million though because I could have zero. You know what's going to happen? When you take the billion, I'll just get I didn't say that you. was my choice. Oh, sure. But you're playing devil's advocate here. <laughs> well, then when Danielle gets the billion, I'll just mooch off her a little bit. There we go. Fair enough. All good. Okay. I think I would be too scared to take the billion. Yeah. You want to flip the coin? Yeah. I just don't have the best luck in that department. Yeah. But it's a 50-50 chance. It is. But the 50 percent chance i would get is not getting it. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about the devil enough today <laughs> true i don't need devil's advocate anthony right now guilting <laughs> me about not taking billions of dollars right now i think honestly i think i'd flip the coin in real yeah. life i probably wouldn't flip the coin but just for the sake of being different i would flip the coin all right yeah but so but you wouldn't though you just said you would well i don't know what i would do i would need the real situation to be in front of me theoretically the you're situation. the one bringing the real situation <laughs> yeah. into the forefront right now yes don't destroy the small talk right now. <laughs> I think I just did destroy the small <laughs> talk. All right, here's the deal. Like, if Matt had this situation, he gave this to me right now, like, in real life, like, actually happening, I would take the million in real life. Theoretically, I like to tell myself that I would flip the coin because I like to think that I'm a rebel, but I'm not. Mm. Okay. So my brain's fried, and we're going <laughs> to move on, although I would say I would definitely just invest my million into the stock market. Right. And just make some more off that. Or lose it all. Well, I mean, if you're smart about that's it, that's kind of like a gamble too. Yeah, no, that's even at that point you may as well educated. flip the coin. Yeah, not if you're smart but, about it. No. Yeah. <laughs> so 
sorry. He's like, I take the million, then flip a coin. Anyway, we want to hear from <laughs> the viewers. Let us know, like, comment somewhere. Would you take the million or flip the coin? So just comment that. Take the million or flip the coin. Yeah, if you're on Instagram, that yeah. actually would really help this video get out there. Right. So definitely comment. If you, oh, not Instagram, YouTube. Anything. If you're on YouTube. But if you're not on YouTube, you're listening as a podcast, yeah, like comment on anything right. to help our video. And it's not out. weird. Trust us, it's not weird. We see Easter egg comments all the time and it makes us happy. So just do it. Yep, yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. And and we actually do, like we pray for a lot of people that we do. comment. Like mm -hmm. we, we, we notice it, we read it. Sometimes we get back to the person if the, you know, the question or the comment demands a response, but we do pray for you. So if you want some free prayers right. for your soul and you want to help this video get out there very hopeful hopefully hope a hopeful what? video hopefully <laughs> <laughs> that we're gonna make help us out okay so we're gonna take a quick music break and then our video topic today our podcast topic is called from satan to saint so quick music break and then we'll get back into it in just a second don't go away all right we are back the talk topic the podcast topic tonight today whatever this morning is from satan to saint we're going to be talking Oof. about a very very interesting um blessed so he's one step away from being a saint uh, just for those that don't know um when you become a saint there's four steps first the church has to think that you're a really, really holy person. You have to have a lot of people that are into you, that are following your cause five years after your death at least. You have to be mm -hmm. at least five years dead. And you have to get a bishop to be convinced that you are a saint and be willing to put forth tons of money and time and resources into it. So most bishops have other things to do. Mm -hmm. So a bishop has to be very, very convinced that, that uh, this person's a holy, holy person, and then they will make them uh, a servant of God. That mm -hmm. means they're their title, uh, their their life is officially being investigated by the Vatican uh, to see if they were exceptionally holy, if they've lived a life of heroic virtue, we could say. So Maria Esperanza, uh, myself, Anthony, and Rocco had our conversion, and Matt and Danielle, Matt behind the camera, Danielle with us today, are helping us to work on a documentary on her life, um, which we're get, getting gaining a lot of steam on. Um, so she is a servant of God. She's officially approved by the church, and her, her cause is open. Once they... Uh, decide and investigate your life at very, very dramatic lengths to be sure, absolutely sure. I mean, they interview hundreds of people. Be sure you are a holy person. The next step is? Venerable. Venerable. Mm -hmm. You become a venerable. So uh, when Maria Esperanza, when that uh, aspect of her, of her investigation is done, she'll be hopefully called Venerable Maria Esperanza. So they've investigated their life. They've concluded you have a uh, you're a holy person, lived a life of heroic virtue. Then they wait for two miracles yep. from heaven to prove that you are with with God in heaven. If they get one miracle through your intercession after death, usually it's a healing, a miraculous healing, you'll be known as a blessed. And finally, the last miracle, you guessed it, you'll saint. be called a saint. The person we're talking about today, his name is Bartolo Longo. He is a blessed. He's gotten one miracle from heaven already. That means we're waiting on his last miracle. Hopefully, they'll get that pretty soon to make him a saint. Uh, but as far as, uh, for all intents and purposes, um, when you're blessed, the church does believe you are in heaven. You're right. enjoying the beatific vision. You're just not celebrated universally as a saint yet. Because at that time, when you're blessed, you can have churches named after you and schools. So, I mean, they're like 99.9% sure. Oh, absolutely. And the diocese that you were in or lived in or were from or born in, you know, any diocese that is associated with your life, they can pretty much celebrate you as a saint almost mm -hmm. in that diocese, which is really neat. So Bartolo Longo is one of them. We also just made a reel um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you could check it out on Instagram and TikTok, and it's all of these saints that had conversions. 
Um, so you can look that up. Big conversions. Yeah. Just to give you some hope. And he's the last saint that we mentioned. It's only 55 seconds long. You mm-hmm. want to go look at it um, and, and comment on it to help that get out there. Uh, so he's the last, I believe the last photo you see is of him. Uh, and it says, past, Satanism mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, drug abuse. And then he became a, a saint, or, well, a blessed after that. He had such a dramatic conversion. So his life is amazing. We're going to go through his life. We're going to break down a couple uh, interesting points and talk about it. And, um, and then hopefully uh, that'll give everybody, the, the viewers and the listeners, some spiritual uh, juice to go off of for the week or for the next two weeks. So um, first thing about his life, he grew up Catholic. He had two very devout Catholic parents. Um, that's big. Because that often plants a seed in your heart that will bloom later. Um, when you have two loving, affectionate, devout parents, it's hard to really for the devil to really get into you long term. Um, and you'll see you'll see that in his life uh, until he got to college. <laughs> he was good until he got to college. In college, uh, he got involved with the Italian nationalist movement. So in the 1860s in Italy, there was a movement in which. Um, the, the government and, and the, the, this, this people's party thought that the church was kind of against um, the, the, the state. And it's like, oh, I want to be, be uh, patriotic for Italy, and the church gets in the way of that. Italy first, church religion second. A lot of these people thought the church was just totally um, made up, that Jesus, the Catholic philosophy was, was not um, important and was false, and we're teaching against it. A lot of anti-Catholicism at this time, and he went to the University of Naples where he met some anti-Catholic friends— who were involved in all kinds of things. Danielle, who um, has studied this a little bit, I mean, with an article briefly. that she read, yes. um, was gonna, <laughs> is going to pick up from there. What happened when he was at college? What kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, so in? when he was in college, he really got pretty deep into, like, these dark things, um, including, like, seances and fortune-telling, among a lot of other things. Um, he even got to a point where he, like, thought he could do real magic, Um so it really kind of just set him up to have like a really great fall in his life and maybe even like depression. Um, but he, during this time, he was like super motivated to just publicly ridicule the church and just Christianity any chance he could. And he really did everything he could to, um, you know, um, convince other Catholics to leave the church. Um, and he would get them to even participate in like other cults and different things. So he was really like pulling people away from the church and doing whatever he could to just, you so know, block that road for people. That's like the opposite of evangelizing. Yeah. Is there a term for that? I don't, when you're, like, evangelizing I don't know, but I'm going to say devangelizing. Yeah. I yes. just made that up. I like <laughs> I it. That. I like De- it. That's exactly what he was doing. evangelizing people. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, is, which sounds like today, because, you know, there's like a militant atheism out there today where people are actively going around trying to get people not to believe in God. Before, like 100 years ago, most atheists just kind of stayed in their corner and were just like, yeah, I don't believe, but, you know, it's fine if you do, whatever. Now they're like they're going out there, and there's other movements doing the same thing too, not just atheism, but like the pro-choice movement and all kinds of other things trying to literally get you out of your religious beliefs to believe in another kind of ideal i guess uh, wokeism is one of them mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so you see that happening today one question i wanted to ask you guys was um <laughs> college it happened uh. at college why and this is 160 years ago why does that not surprise us yeah. <laughs> what's going on with college i mean that sounds like something that would happen today most i, I mean a high, a high school teacher i was a youth minister for a long time so many situations you have a 
person that went to youth group, went to a Catholic high school, pretty innocent. They go to college and they literally lose their faith in mm-hmm. God almost immediately. They Their faith gets either numb or they lose it completely. Yeah. What's going on here? I think two things are at play. I think one is freedom and two is pride. That always kind of rears its head in college because if someone has been going to youth group for years and years throughout middle school and high school, they let's say they go away to college, you know, their mom and dad isn't, they're not there telling them what to do and where to go. And they're meeting all different kinds of people. And many of these people are probably not religious. And also college is a time where people's pride comes to the surface because it's a new environment and you kind of, in a way you compete with others and you want people to know like what you're good at, what your strengths are, why they should be friends with you, why this girl should date you and stuff like that. And one of the things that can make you prideful is like, oh, like, yeah, you think that God stuff's cool? No way. And like they, they put other people down in that to elevate themselves. So I think definitely freedom and pride. Yeah, that's actually a great, great point. And a lot, many times pride comes along with freedom. Freedom is a very beautiful thing. Our country, the United States is founded on freedom and like freedom from someone telling you what to do. But you need the Lord too. Because um, I, I'm thinking about making a video on this, but like, do you know why the founding fathers came up with the idea of public schools? They were really set on public schools as soon as the U.S. was founded. No. Because they wanted kids to be able to read the Bible. That's almost all of them unanimously. They're like, it's so important for everyone to be able to read the Bible. Why? Because they realized that if you give people freedom and there's no one telling them what to do, no king, no sovereign, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But too much of that, or, or when you get, not too much of it, but when you get to the point where you think freedom is I'm doing whatever I want, it can lead to awful, awful things. Like we're supposed to be free to worship God and to do what we're, to do what we're made to do deep down at our core, not just do whatever we want. College becomes a freedom to do whatever you want and it becomes not just good, the good freedom where like no one's telling me what to do, but a bad freedom where I'm not even gonna listen to God, I'm not gonna listen to my conscience, I'm gonna decide what's right and wrong. I'm gonna decide the kind of person that, that I wanna be with my, it becomes so selfish and self-centered and there's not room for both us and God in there, we gotta be humble. Yeah, it think, seems like this happened to Bartolo. I think most people, I mean, don't even realize that that's what they're doing at that time in your life because it's like that's the first time that most kids are, experiencing life without their parents without like the mold of what their parents have kind of like created them to be so it's like all right you know that's where the mistakes are made and Mm -hmm. all that and there's confusion and it's like all right what am i going to do to make these people like me because this is the group of friends i want to be around maybe they're not the good the best group of friends for you but you know it's the time where you kind of realize all those and make mistakes and everything like that and obviously there's nothing wrong with that but some people can't pull themselves out of it after they make those mistakes yeah, they, in they, a sense you they know, like their hard. mistakes too much yeah yeah <laughs> they don't go to confession or yeah. they don't bounce back and yeah. that happens sometimes um and that's also hard yeah. when you don't know who you are just yet going into college you're 18 and like you don't know who you are when you're 18 it's true so if you went in a little bit later and you had a strong foundation then that stuff might not affect you and you could kind of like be a strong foundation outside of that yeah um i've also heard it said many times that when you go to college it like your faith either gets cemented Mm because you make it your own like your parents aren't making you go anymore to church you it's either you're gonna pray or you're gonna ditch it Mm -hmm. and a lot of people end up ditching it yeah and yet to to, to their credit in defense of a lot of college kids today the culture is so anti-catholic anti-christian and there's so much sin out there that you know thursday night if you're the only one sitting in your dorm and everyone goes out partying, that's right. tough. That's, tough, exactly. to, that's a tough thing to hack. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's easy to ditch it. You know, and like we had a different podcast where we said sometimes the hardest thing and the right thing are the same. Mm-hmm. So the hardest thing would be to hold on to it, but mm-hmm. no one wants to do that. They just throw it out the, out the window. Exactly. And for those of you that are in college that are listening and you're hanging on to your faith, I'm going to say good for you. Yeah. Please keep it up because you are an anomaly and we need people like you to be a shining light to everyone else because this kind of life, it blinds you. 
and it makes you numb to faith. It makes you numb to love. It makes you numb to everything in your heart you're supposed to feel that you're made for. That sainthood we're called to, the sins, especially impurity, drinking, changing who you are to get in with a group of friends. That's an age-old thing, mm-hmm. middle school, high school, college, and beyond. You know That stuff will numb you. It'll numb that fire. And Jesus says you have to be willing to take up your cross and to fight, fight for your faith. So um, for those that are listening that are in, in college or high school and or, or you're young and you're you're trying to figure yourself out. Um, Christ is the way to go. That's yeah. where your identity is going to be found. Um, and it also, to me, you know, this ended up, I don't know if, Danielle, Danielle, if you said this, but this this didn't just go into witchcraft and and, uh, and spiritism for Bartolo, but in college, he even got into Satanism. He became a Satanist himself. So he what does that up, mean? If someone's like an actual Satanist, what does that mean? From what I understand, there are two kinds of Satanism today. Those that are trying to rebel against the world, usually they're pretty insecure people that are very wounded and they don't believe in God. They're usually atheists or agnostic, but their way of rebelling against the world and everything and expressing how much they're just sick of this world is Satanism. Um, and that's a one kind of Satanism in which they're not actually taking the satanic part seriously. It's just an, ex- an expression. Right. It can be very dangerous though, because the second you start taking part in occult rituals, which sometimes they do, you are opening yourself up to dark spiritual forces. Um, and then the second type of Satanism is those that actually, this is, this is even worse, mm-hmm. those that actually do understand what's going on. Right. And they're literally giving their souls to Satan yeah. uh, for powers, for money, for success, for fame, for community. Um, so that's, that's from what I understand, those are the two kinds that are present today. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it was for Bartolo, but they obviously took it somewhat seriously if they're doing seances and doing spiritual activities. Well, for him, he actually, it says that he um, became like a high priest and he was like ordained as like a Satanist priest. Wow. I don't really know how to word that, right. but um, that sounds like, like he was. It seems real, like he yeah. he understood the option real number thing. two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part. Yes, the worst one. Oh so my gosh, it's definitely was... like really intense. And it even said that the more that he got into these dark forces, the deeper he fell into like depression and demonic obsession. Um, so there was like basically seemed like all the joy was being like was stripped out right. of his life. That makes sense. Yeah, so makes... he just went deep, like deep into this. Yeah. It seems. I have a question, though, because yeah. I know a lot of times, like, our Eucharist is so sacred. And, you know, like, people try to steal it sometimes. Like, that's one of the jobs of the ushers. I have to make sure people actually eat the Eucharist. So the types of people that steal the Eucharist and hold, I think it's called a black mass. Because mm-hmm. the priest, or the Catholic priest, consecrates the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And a black mass, they desecrate the Eucharist. So, like, are is that Satanists? Or is that a different group of people? Normally it's Satanists. Yeah. Because it's weird. It's actually a backhanded compliment to the church right. and to the Eucharist that they actually, hmm. even Satanists understand there's something right, about they the want Eucharist. It, it's, it's, yeah. it has a power to it because uh-huh. it's literally Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they think it gives them a reverse power to do some, to do nasty things to it, um, which is just crazy. And, you know, it's funny because Satan doesn't actually have any power of his own. One way you know Satan works is because, um, like, an upside-down crucifix, mm-hmm. 666. These are all symbols that actually were first found in the Bible or they're, they're, they're plays off of God or scriptural things like 666. That's playing off the number seven. Mm-hmm. Number seven is the biblical number for God. Right now, if you, if you were to look at a screen real quick and see six items for a fraction of a second and you see seven items for a fraction of a second, mm-hmm. it'd be hard to tell them apart. So six at first looks like seven, but it can never be seven. It's always one short. That's where the number 666 gets. Wow. Right. That's really cool. And, and the reason it's three times is because three is another number of perfection. It mocks the blessed Trinity. Exactly. It's yeah. mocking the Trinity. So three sixes is perfect imperfection, right. infinite hell. Yeah. Right. So, but even that, that's only, they only got that number because that's in the Bible. It's like, it plays off God, an upside down crucifix. Well, it's just Jesus upside down. So 
Satan actually has no power of itself. What he, and this is a metaphysical reality. Exorcist will tell you this. All Satan can do is take the good things God has made mm -hmm. and twist and pervert them. Right. So, and, and we can even twist them back because when you see an upside down cross, you can be like, oh, look, it's St. Peter's cross. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. God does win in the end. Everything yeah. works his honor and glory somehow in the end. So it's really crazy. Um, for me, and one other discussion point I want to ask you guys about is um, the fact that he got into this stuff, raising a devout home, started to ditch his faith, started to become numb and got into this stuff. It speaks to the religious sense we all have. Everybody wants to be religious about something. It's ingrained in the human DNA. So you ditch your Catholic or Christian faith, you're going to try to be, even if you don't realize it, you're going to try to be religious in another way. Mm -hmm. Maybe you get into, um, like, I don't know, like weird Eastern religions. Maybe maybe uh, partying becomes your religion. Maybe maybe your your, your new religion is, is to obsess over what people think of you. Mm -hmm. Maybe your new religion is... Um, you know, it, it can, can get, take a really bad turn for the worst, spiritism or Satanism, which dark things can get right. into you. But we're, we're wired to worship something. So that's one other thing to, to keep in mind is that just because you're not going to church anymore doesn't mean you're not religious. You're believing in something, and often it's not going to do good for your soul in the end. Right. As we see in Bartolo's life, mm -hmm. Danielle said he becomes, he becomes depressed, he becomes sad, he becomes anxious. The devil always promises but can't deliver. That's what sin does. Sin looks good. Yeah. I mean, the apple, right? Eve saw it. She said it looked good and juicy and, and pleasing. And that's why she ate it. It's not like the devil said, hey, like, reject God. Eve wouldn't have said yes to that. Yeah. The devil makes sin look good, and it never gives that deep love and peace that it promises. Right, and it, it's always founded in lies. And, like, even Eve, like, a, part of the temptation was the fact that she thought that God was just giving her a rule for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's not true. Like, she saw God as a tyrant for a split second, and that's one of the reasons she rebelled. But that's God wasn't being a tyrant. He gave her that rule because that was good for her. I read a book and it, it kind of gave an analogy to that sin. And it was like that sin of eating that apple is kind of similar to when a parent tells their young child not to play in the street. Now, if you're younger, it's like the street's like, oh, there's all this open space. You know, it's like, <laughs> like look, at, look at all that like smooth. Like I can play <laughs> hockey and it's like so smooth. But no, you can't play in there because if you play in there, you're going to die. But the kid can't understand that. Right. But the parents do. Mm -hmm. so that's, right. It's kind of that was a good analogy that I heard. Great analogy. Yeah. And I think that's what happens at college. The church says, "Hey, like, please avoid these parties, avoid these people, like, mm -hmm. stick to your faith." And everyone's like, "No." Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> it seems fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they get burnt. Yeah. And then either they come back or they just keep digging deeper. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in Bartolo's case, for a little while, he kept digging deeper, and that's what uh, got him into this the sad state that he was in. What other stuff started happening to him, Dan? Well, one thing was that I find interesting, and it kind of goes to show like what sin can really do to us is like not only was he in a deep depression he was filled with paranoia paranoia <laughs> hatred confusion nervousness um he had like really diabolical visions um that were throwing him into um basically the point of a mental breakdown but um his health also started declining so it's like sin doesn't only affect us spiritually but it affects, affects us physically mm -hmm. yeah so many of our Which podcasts i noticed this theme comes up that the body and soul are connected i think i've said it in like four different podcasts <laughs> but it's so true in it a is. good way and yeah. in a negative way your health can actually be an impact not that every time you get a headache it's there's right. something spiritual about it but mm -hmm. your your health in in some ways can be affected by your spiritual health your physical health so. yeah anything else Why not? so um Interesting stuff. So he's he's down. He's depressed. Uh, I even read that he may have been having suicidal thoughts, mm -hmm. um, which was that was when he was at his worst point. There is something I want to add. There's a Switchfoot lyric, and I, I don't actually I don't know if it's from Scripture or if it's Switchfoot. I know that's a big <laughs> gap. That's a big difference. But it's like you become what you believe. You become like what you believe. And so when you're getting close to Christ, 
they're going to exemplify those same virtues, like the patience, the love, the forgiveness, the kindness. If you're getting close to Satan, you're going to exemplify the same virtues or vices, actually, and that would be depression, anxiety, hopelessness, fear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you know so many conversion stories of those that have been involved with uh, other spiritual practices. They say, like, you know, the devil promises you, like, success, or like, he'll promise you quick fixes, and mm-hmm. if I could just take part in this. And community, too. A lot of people want community. Why it's so important to have the church, because, like, people will even go to Satanist cults for community, for people that just seem like they care about them, even if they don't. Um, promises you all these things and it, it never it never works out you right. know what i mean all these things so uh that religious sense you got to find it in the church you got to find it in christ uh and okay i just okay. want to clarify yeah. one thing i said depression <laughs> and anxiety so if you're suffering from that it doesn't mean you're a satanist <laughs> that's not, that's, that's <laughs> yes. not what i meant i think all of us <laughs> suffer from depression and anxiety <laughs> yeah. in small uh-huh. ways but but in, in, right. in big ways this, yeah. this stuff can happen but so many other stories of different catholics or christians that had reversions back to their faith. They do say at first it felt all good, but you could tell that something was off. Mm-hmm. And then the, the more you get into this stuff, the deeper in, into a hole you climb, and it becomes harder to get out. But you can get out. And Bartolo got out. We're going to come back to that in just a second. Don't go away. All right, we are back. Blessed Bartolo Longo. Can I say one thing? Go ahead. Every time you say his name, I don't know how many of our listeners are sports fans, but there's an old pitcher. He was like really, really like, he was large. He was a large gentleman. <laughs> and his name was Bartolo Colon. Uh, so every time you say his name, I keep on thinking you're going to mention Bartolo, Bartolo Colon. <laughs> no, no. Hopefully he's doing well spiritually. Bartolo Colon, you're listening to this, man. We're praying for you, Bartolo. We're praying for you. We hope that you're having a good retired life and that you're finding, finding Christ. Yeah, Do you think sports? <laughs> Do you think he'll listen to it? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe yeah. we should send it to him and just see if yeah. he'll him. Something. Tag him. Let's find him on Instagram. <laughs> we'll tag him. I got to get yeah. Bartolo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Bartolo Longo, you think, okay, he's Satanist. He's having diabolical visions. He's depressed. He's anxious. His health is declining. He's deeper and deeper into a hole. He's even having suicidal thoughts. And somehow he climbed out of this. Then what happened? So turned out in one of his darkest moments, he actually heard his father um, begging him to return to God and to return to God. He just kept saying it to him. And like we mentioned earlier, his father had passed away. Um, so this was a vision and he was greatly moved by this vision. Um, and then from there, he kind of started diving back into the faith from what his father said. So, so. Did, do you know if he actually heard his father's voice or saw him in a vision or both? Um, or? I believe it said, yeah, it said it was a vision. Wow. So, And that for me proves so much about the Catholic faith. Like, we do Catholics specifically believe of the intercession of the saints. Mm-hmm. And even those that aren't canonized saints, if they're in heaven, they're a saint. I mean, that's amazing. That sounds like the Lord allowed his dad to come back and visit yeah. him. And it and said that, his dad was begging him. Really? So begging it wasn't just him. like he came to yell at him. He right. was begging him just like, please wow. like, return to God, return to God. Like I could just picture it so perfectly in my head. My goodness. And for me, like if this isn't real, if, if Jesus, if it's, People think that this takes away from Jesus when you have a saint or a relative to come back from heaven, but this glorifies Jesus. Like it's Jesus's grace that's allowing this whole process to happen. And what does his dad do? Bring him back to Jesus with this vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. Yeah, it's Jesus working through his dad. And I'm sure that Christ knows like, all right, his conversion could, you know, be benefited by this person maybe more so than me in this situation. So it's like, you know, know, 
Mm-hmm. Clearly shows that. how well we're known by God. Right. Exactly. God mm-hmm. knows exactly what we need. Because yeah. maybe, like, because someone could say, well, couldn't Jesus just do that? And the answer is yes. But maybe if Jesus did do that, it could throw him in the other direction because it might be, like, too much too fast. Too mm-hmm. intimidating yeah. or something. Or maybe uh-huh. he would just think he was hallucinating. I mean, he didn't have a relationship right. with Jesus at but the time. the fact that it was dad is very key. And I'm sure he missed his dad. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. He might probably mm-hmm. miss his dad like that. Like, the Lord will find whatever he can in you right. that's of goodness and try to expound on that and use that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to throw himself at you full force. or Like you said, it might make people run away. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. So then what happened? A, a certain friend uh, came into his life that he knew? Um, I think he got Yes, it was an friend. old friend. Yeah, professor, I think. Okay. Um, so that professor actually convinced him to abandon Satan, and then he kind of went from there, um, where he went and made confession and then that really brought him back to god and to the church wow now that's one thing we need to pause on the power of confession oh my mm-hmm. gosh yeah you think oh it's just me saying my sins to a priest well that's what it is that's what it looks like mm-hmm. but you imagine are... what that confession was like oh yeah like all the things that he had to say and mm-hmm. like he was probably weeping right oh you my know gosh. i can only imagine uh-huh. what, can you what ma- it was like in there can you yeah. imagine the priest hearing his confession yeah yeah what right. <laughs> jaw dropping like, probably just thought he was gonna come in you know father you know i took the lord's name in vain yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. a satanist high priest right uh, <laughs> that's yeah. i wonder like what the penance would be oh my gosh <laughs> and like maybe one, it was one like hail really, mary <laughs> maybe you know maybe because like for him to you know have it that big of a conversion it's possible that like that would be like a ton of mercy and that's what god is like i'm not saying it was probably only one hail mary but i would have given him a big penance but yeah. i'm not a priest right <laughs> Um, so funny no, that, that, right. that's, but just the fact that he, that, like, that he went there can you imagine how much the devil we don't know everything about his life I'm assuming the devil really raged against him because mm-hmm. the devil does not like to give up things that he has claimed demons hate that right. they will rage they will use any authority they think they have to bring you back before that confession he was probably I'm just making a guess here an educated mm-hmm. guess he was probably attacked like crazy oh, yeah. spiritually maybe physically um, but the power of confession done yep. mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. like it's gone one confession and all that Satanism. He, t- he had sexual sins too that was involved with Satanism, all kinds of horrible things. Uh, one confession and all that stuff that he did, gone. That's amazing, the power of confession. So, I mean, if you're a Satanist, you know, and, and you could be forgiven, then whatever you're, people that are watching, people are listening, whatever you're struggling with, like the Lord can take care of it in one confession. Mm-hmm. I always tell the kids like, it's nothing the priest hasn't heard before. Exactly. And even if it is something the priest hasn't heard before, he can't say it. He can't tell anybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all he's going to do is forgive you. Yep. So you might as well go. Because <laughs> if he tells someone, he could possibly lose his soul. Like That's a big deal for priests. Automatic yeah. excommunication. Yep. And then if you're excommunicated, you can't go get confession. Yeah. So then you got that mortal sin on your soul for the rest of your he life. He has to go to the Pope to get that really? lifted. The only way a priest that, is, that has... <laughs> and good luck scheduling broken, that. Yeah, good luck getting, <laughs> yeah. getting in touch with Pope with like, Pope Francis. Like just comment on his Instagram like, hey, <laughs> hey uh, <laughs> help me out. <laughs> I excommunicated myself. Yeah. Uh, Can you hear right. my confession? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. So confession. And he also, um, this friend of Bartolo also got him into the rosary. So two solid, solid uh, devotions. Well, one's a sacrament, but the other one is solid devotion, the rosary, the power of the rosary. Uh, I also read that when he was at the worst point of his life and he was almost suicidal and he was at this climax moment, he heard that uh, Our Lady's promise to St. Dominic that nobody who recites the rosary devoutly all the time will be lost. They'll mm-hmm. all be saved. And that, that's what got him through this sad, dark time. Um, so the rosary, confession, solid, solid things. Uh, there's a story with the rosary, isn't yes. there, Yes, this is like the coolest thing, in my opinion. So after that whole experience he had with the rosary and hearing the promises of the Blessed Virgin Mary, he was so moved by it that he actually attended a seance. And in the middle of the seance, he like stood up raising a medal of the Virgin Mary. And he actually yelled, 
Um, I renounce spiritism because it is nothing but a maze of error and falsehood. And Anthony, we were talking about that earlier and we were like, how? Right. How? Yeah. Like, that took so much courage to yeah. do that in a seance. Crazy. In like, front of people. Yeah. I would definitely I mean, a seance, be really you're like summoning spirits with other people. Right. So in front of people and whatever demons were present yeah. at the time, he's saying this. That's super That's courageous. Yeah. I like it though. Yeah. yeah. Very so bold. I mean, yeah. that just shows like that power. Right. And, like obviously Mary gave him that strength yeah which is amazing too. you know i wonder if any of those other people that were attending if they converted because of that yes too it's possible really, we might not ever know we, we might yeah. never know but you know his story impacted enough people where they took up his cause so he so his story alone whether it's people he knew or didn't know must have caused tons of conversions mm -hmm. probably thousands yeah actually um and that brings to my last discussion point um the need for good friends it was a friend of his and good parents too it was a parents dis from heaven visiting him his dad visiting him from heaven so good father specifically, but of course, good mothers, uh, the need for that, and a friend that brought him back. Mm -hmm. If you surround yourself with good people, you stay close to the good people in your life who love you, your family, the ones that are good influ influences, your friends, the good friends that are going to bring you back to God, it's never too late. God mm -hmm. will use whatever avenues he can to get to you. Yeah. It's the importance of good friends. And it even says that in scripture. I think it's Sirach chapter 6, verse 15. Don't ask me why I know that, but it's <laughs> a faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. Wow. Yeah. That's weird you just spit that out right yeah. That's that was, that was really impressive. Thanks. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I, I ain't got no quotes on friends at all <laughs> <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah. Padre Pio talked about it a lot, though. Mm -hmm. um, one of the spiritual masters, the importance of good friends, Francis de Sales. Um, you know, so make sure you surround yourself with the right people. And, and um, that, in my, in my experience, surrounding yourself with good friends and staying close to your family, uh, those that are obviously not toxic, friends of family, um, that it gives you it's a kind of like a... Um, an outlet, like a relief. An outlet, support. a relief, a support. Yeah. A support, like like a, a, a concrete base mm -hmm. that no matter how much you're you're drifting around, you can go back to the love of your friends and family and kind of find your footing again. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and of course, prayer and the sacraments, confession. Uh, okay, so after that, he became a third order Dominican, right? Which means uh, he's pretty much taking vows like a Dominican. He's a lay person. He's not an actual priest or a, he's not a consecrated soul, but praying every day, making promises to pray like the Dominicans with the Dominicans every day on his own. Beautiful, beautiful thing. So he became not just into his faith, but zealously into his faith. I mean, it's like he took all that zeal he had for the Italian nationalist movement and that zeal he had for Satanism and he just shifted it right over. Yeah. Like St. Paul, you know, mm -hmm. right to God, like Mary Magdalene, right to God. Um, joined a charitable group and uh, got married. Became probably a good husband. I don't know if he ever had kids. Uh, I don't think the article specified whether he had I don't kids, think right? So, no. uh, became but a she, good. She was also very devout as well. So that's a beautiful nice. thing in itself. What a beautiful life. Yeah. What a beautiful life after that. Theodore Dominican, working for a charity, inspiring other souls, bringing them to Christ, evangelizing, not, not evangelizing, <laughs> and uh, getting married, which is a beautiful and awesome sacrament. So, I mean, Guys, if, if, if there's hope for him, there's literally hope for everybody. You want to tell me you're too far gone? Tell it to St. Paul, who's right. organizing people getting killed, Christians, right? Tell it to, to Bartolo, who was like a Satanist high priest who was having diabolical visions and suicidal, you know? Tell yeah. that to a few other saints in the real that you guys should look at. Right. <laughs> it's never too late, and you can start today, like right this second. Just start now. Right now. And, it, you yeah. know, maybe, oh, I, I have to wait till Saturday for confession. Well... Just God, yeah, God's not going to hold yeah. that against you. Well, it's not Saturday, so <laughs> I can't get into your soul. <laughs> I mean, yes, confession is the way to get is to clean out your soul. There's no denying that. But because God knows where you're at and knows you can't get there yet, mm -hmm. close your eyes right now. 
say a prayer to the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. I know where I, I know where I am. I know where I should be. I know you've come to rescue me. He, he doesn't. He doesn't save you because you're qualified. He saves you because he loves you. Right. You're loved the way you are. Bartola was loved where he was at, and Jesus' love through many different avenues, the rosary, confession, friends, family, was able to dig right in there and grab him, but you got to open your heart up. So just make that act of contrition and open your heart up right now. Mm-hmm. And then resolve to actually go to confession. Oh, yeah, then yeah. actually yes. go on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any closing thoughts? No, I just think this is awesome. I mean, it just gives me a lot of hope. Like, honestly, I didn't know much about this blessed before this, and I learned a lot while you guys were speaking, but I feel like I'm going to reach out to him in prayer myself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just think it's so beautiful that, like, he just, you know, worked so hard after his conversion to fight for what he was once fighting against. So it's just such a beautiful, like, just full circle yeah. story um, from, like, absolute darkness to just, like, complete light. Yeah. I mean, selfishness to almost love. Almost saint. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, hopefully. Uh-huh. And if you ever are sick, ask for his intercession right. because maybe your you your sickness, your healing could be the miracle that gets him canonized. And yeah. how cool would that be? Mm-hmm. Amazing. You know? So blessed Bartolo Longo, make sure you read up on him, ask for his intercession. And again, use that as, as a beacon of light for you that no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad it gets, the Lord's love is there for you and, and can rescue you. So with that, we are not going to do the same cup. The, yeah. the infamous saint cup because yeah, we spent the whole sense. time talking about a saint right we'll skip it today <laughs> yeah we'll skip it today cash us here. cash us next time oh, oh wow. boy yeah he, he went there yep. <laughs> oh man okay yeah all right with that <laughs> we're gonna say a prayer um i would i would tell aunt to but um danielle do you want to say it um uh, i think we should say the act of contrition that's, act of contrition. A, that's a great okay. idea Very i say good. it differently so All like, right, fine. We'll punt to Aunt because Aunt knows the, the, the cool, hardcore, yeah. traditional one. Like I the, know, the old like, one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know the newer one. So right. we're going to let Aunt go with this. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I literally can't think of how it goes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm heartily sorry for having... <laughs> oh, my God. I'm heartily sorry for my sins. And I truly detest my sins. Got a dread loss of heaven and the pains of hell. Most of all, because I've offended thee, my God, who art all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to confess my sins, to do penance, and to sin no more. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Bye, guys.